yo. Welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. What is up, listeners? And we're joined by Maddie Key as well. Hello, Maddie. You're like leading. It almost sounded like so unsure. You're like, this is 43.6. If you go back and listen to it after or like when you do, you'll hear like a little thing. And I was like, is, is he OK? He's getting mm. emotional. Mm. You know, it's probably the, uh, the the very minor cold I'm dealing with. I think that's what it is. Or the time change. Uh, you don't know where you yeah. are. That's a good point. You know, uh, a lot of people are on about this time change thing. I get it. It sucks. But isn't this like default time? Like, yes. isn't spring when we fuck with it and follows when it comes back to normal again? Yes. And they're actually trying to get rid of it. Like Europe or Asia doesn't do it. Um, so it kind of messes with everyone else a little bit. Um, but I know there's talk to get rid of it, but we can't because the basis for the whole daylight savings time thing is New York. So they would have to get rid of it you know, there, because that's like this Eastern Standard Time kind of barometer for... Can you imagine well, like, yeah. if you worked cross-border like I do? It would be like if we changed it, but they didn't, everything would be off by just an hour, and that would be the most annoying thing in the world. Yeah, you have to get everyone on board. It's not just New York. I mean, they're a huge part of it, I'm sure. But you'd also have to get every other part of the United States <laughs> on board and... Yeah, it just it could be an entire headache. But yeah, cold season sucks, man. Like I we Jimmy and me and our like side family all dealt with it like a couple weeks ago. And it's you know what? I would rather have the flu and like fever stomach and the shits for like a day or like two days than a cold because that shit lasts like a week. Like you'll be stuffed for a few days and then coughing for a while and it's. No, no, I totally disagree. Like I, when once this starts happening, I just pump the uh, the Don Cherry in, endorsed cold, cold FX, FX, which I don't know if it even works. And I think there's actually a class action lawsuit against them right now. So yeah. like, I'm pretty sure it's um, a placebo. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I, I, I am well aware. It's probably placebo, but you know what? It's uh, orange chewable tablets, and uh, I, I I just pump those back once I start feeling like I'm getting sick. And then the Dayquil is incredible too. Like it they're, is. Like listen, they're the size of fucking like sausages. They got jammed down your throat. They're huge. Yeah. But you they though. work. They're fantastic. So the one thing is those. I don't know if you noticed because I will float between brands. Like I have no loyalty to my cold medication brand except for nighttime. Nighttime I do. It's either Nyquil or the Buckleys. But for daytime, it's either Tylenol Complete. It's the Buckley's or it's the Dayquil. Do you notice though the daytime one? You get like a little fuzzy in the head. Like you just you feel better in terms of cold symptoms, but there's just like this weird like I almost get like a haze. Dude, they I tell the you not to shit. operate a forklift. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. It also tells you not to drink with it too. So if that's yeah. also what you're doing, that might be why you're feeling kind of hazy. Um, that's irresponsible. <laughs> well, the responsible thing to do is to listen to 43.6 every week. So we thank you for tuning in. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the rat himself, Brad Marchand. We're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their troubles, the uh, dumpster fire that is the Ottawa Senators, the new World Series champions, the Texas Rangers, the Blue Jays have a whole bunch of gold glovers for now, and 
the NFL Week 9 recap, as well as our picks for Week 10. All of that coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, when we were recording last week, I believe, it was the day before Halloween. It was uh, Witching Night, or the fuck they call it. That means we were like all prepared for Halloween. But the best part, obviously, well, maybe second best part of Halloween is all the candy. And specifically for you guys, you have minions to go out and get candy for you. Whereas I just go to the store the next day and buy them all for half price. But the question is, of the candy you acquired, I guess it doesn't even have to be the candy that you acquired last week. But what is your all-time favorite Halloween candy? Because there's a difference. It's mm. not like the chewing lane chocolate bar that you get at the grocery store, the full-size fuckers. We're talking the mini ones that you get for Halloween, maybe even a memory as a kid of the house that used to give out something better than you expected. What are you thinking for Halloween? Mm-hmm. That's tough. Because it's like... So I do differentiate candy by either like the fruity, sweet, like sugary one or chocolate. So there's a difference to me. So if I were to go, what's my favorite like Halloween chocolate? Probably the Reese peanut butter cup. It's just it's undefeated. Honestly, that's that was my answer to Reese peanut butter cup is just by far the best. Did you see the one they had one year? I don't, they might have it every year. Around Christmas, they had like a hockey Chips. puck version. Oh, yeah. It yeah, was fucking I, I huge. It. it was like the size of my hand. Yeah, it's it's like the two-pound cup. I People know my love for peanut butter cups, so I've gotten it a few times. Is this your first attempt trying the prime glowberry on air? As you know, uh, we are prime boys, and I saw the glowberry prime flavor in the store this week and i had to get it since uh logan paul is your new wwe united states champion so i had to get a prime beverage and it's, not the it's best. okay not the best no but yeah so i would say peanut butter cup for the chocolate and for the candy skittles like not even close i'm a sour so candy i guy. did so sour I, skittles I, I'm with sour patch kids yeah, yeah. SPK is so good too. But I feel like I don't I don't ever remember a lot as a kid getting sour candy. It was always the chocolate bars and yeah, the Skittles or whatever. So you used to get that candy corn bullshit though. That wasn't cool. So funny story. When we were younger and you know you you dump out all your candy on the carpet and your parents go through it to make sure it's like safe and shit. And there's no like handmade bags that someone could have dipped the candy in like acid. Jim used to take my fuzzy peaches. Like he used to go through and then I'd be like, oh, I only have like one or two bags of fuzzy peaches. And then I look, Jimmy has like 30 because oh, he would take mine. Cherry blasters, fuzzy peaches, sour patch kids. All those are the best. That's the jam. I would do want to give a shout out to a candy that I would never go out and buy if I was standing in line. But because it comes in your Halloween candy, you're like, hell yeah, M&M. is uh wonder bar Ugh. listen okay i know i know it gets stuck in your teeth and it's a fucking mess but when it's a small little guy it's not a big deal you put it in your mouth you eat it it's, it's delicious do i want to eat an entire like full-size wonder bar Nah, definitely not or even mm. butterfinger I, but that might be I a simpsons thing where like i'm but again butterfinger gets caught in your teeth way worse than wonder bar it's the same yeah. like i like crunchy 
crunchy is my one of my favorite chocolates but it gets that toffee gets it's basically like another coating on your teeth and it's impossible what? to move out crispy crunch crispy no, crunch is a con oh no crispy crunch is a contender for the one i'll never buy but it's up there on the halloween list now something that was cool and it's not candy but my sister was giving out candy and these guys as well. I don't know if you saw yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, your, your sister's a real one, man. She's so I'm hero. showing to the camera right yes! now. A pack. That's awesome. Very nice. A pack of trick or trade Pokemon trading cards. And um, I guess I should open one of these up. Yeah. Let's I have a whole bunch of them sitting on my desk right now. Let's go. We're ripping on the yeah, we okay. we turn into a break podcast. Yeah, this is my lifestyle. Okay, Let's go. Take the top one. We're gonna put it in the no, back. No, it's All not right, the same go. for the. <laughs> it is actually. Oh, is it? I've already opened one of these. Oh, okay. So we got a, a a Litwick. Okay. Yo, Loki Litwick and Chandelour, like the evolve form, are really cool. That's my nickname in high school. <laughs> then I don't know what this is. That's a oh a, a dust globs. Dust globs. Good psychic. One. You notice there's like a an orange Pikachu on the bottom. Yeah, here they the do art. that for the promos. Yeah. 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 Just so you can't like pass it off. Okay. So here's our. Uh, no, no. Some of them are desirable, one. man. Certain like. Oh, Chandelure. just as I said, Chandelure. I just Hollow. said he's a cool evolve form and a, a hollow. hollow Chandelure. So the thing is, though, is if they just recycle the same packs and the same prints every year, it's not worth anything. If it's like different every year, some of those like hollows are like rare finds. They'll be worth something. Yeah, it depends on the card. There's a chase in everything, right? The pack I opened earlier, there was a Pikachu. There was a Haunter. Ooh, Haunter's cool. And Haunter there's a the Hollow of, I don't know what this thing, uh, Trevenant? Trevenant? Trevenant. Oh, yeah. Trevenant, yeah. Trevenant, sure. It's like a haunted tree thing. It's pretty cool. But Gengar Loki is like one of my favorite Pokemon. I already have an Udi, and I bought an Udi this weekend, another one, because it's the collaboration with Pokemon, and it was a Gengar Udi. And I was... My wife looked at me and she's like, you really have to buy this. I was actually looking at Christmas ornaments now that Halloween is over. And I saw a Gengar one. I'm like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> I may have to get that. Gengar's yeah. the best, though. And I can't explain why. Like, I have, like, reasons why. Because, like, just, like, his whole, like, body makeup. He's, like, a little pudgy and he kind of waddles around. He's got the spikes and the, like, the big eyes and the tongue. He's Fixes cool and shit. Yeah. But, like, he's just, like, mischievous. He's just fun. Sinisty. Oh, Sinisty. Nice. Or and your hollow is... Gengar! <gasps> is it the Gengar? Yeah! I, <laughs> I'm not even looking. I'm just like putting it into the camera. I can't even Gengar. see the card. Gengar! It's fake. I'll save that one for you, Maddie. Now yes. I have a Haunter and a Gengar, but this one is the hollow, whereas uh, Gengar nice. Haunter is not. That's sick. But yeah, no. Halloween candy. Very good. Uh, it's terrible because you graze. Especially when we're at my dad's and they buy copious amounts of Halloween candy. And then like throughout the year, like this isn't just a Halloween thing. It's just the throughout the year and they leave it all on like their dining room table. And yeah, the grazing graze, is a problem. You graze that, problem. that bowl quite a bit. So I wonder if there's more ghost Pokemon in these sets just because it's Halloween. That would make sense, actually. I think they do. Yeah. Or dark. Yeah. Like ghost and psychic and stuff. Yeah, like what the fuck is this? A lampant? That's the Litwick middle form. Oh, oh ghastly! A <laughs> ghastly. Now we have all three: ghastly hunter and Gengar, and, and another chandelier. 
All right, three packs in. I already got a double, so I think it's time to give up. <laughs> That's it. Pack it in. That's it. Enough of that. You would you would um, hate you do have, ripping uh, uh, upper deck NHL cards. It's just base, 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 base. Young gun. Base, 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 base. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't find that fun because I don't think I'd care about modern players. Like, I would want to oh, get. Oh, we could talk. Of, like, like, save actually save that save that piece to when we talk about the Maple Leafs. <laughs> well, actually, that's where I'm going right now because um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, if you look back at like last week's episode of this show, when we were talking about you know just the Maple Leafs and things going on in the world, I don't think we were overly concerned because they had just you know they had won four of or three of their last four games, and even the loss against Nashville was in overtime, so they got a point out of it. Still feeling pretty good. Uh, things kind of took a scary turn on Halloween. When they got pumped by the Kings 4-1 at home, that's not good. That's never good. And then things got really spicy in, uh, against Boston. As you'd expect, it's the Boston Bruins. It's always a game that has some sort of headline coming out of it, I suppose. Sorry. Was that me or was that you? No, it was me. <laughs> okay, I was like, where did that come from? Uh, Boston and Toronto obviously have a long storied history, especially in recent memory. And I don't think we need to bring up James Reimer and, you know, that ilk. <laughs> but something that we do need to talk about. And I tweeted about this when it happened or maybe it was the next day. I'm not a tough guy at all. And I think I've prefaced that <laughs> a few times on this show. Not a tough guy. Um, but if I was on the ice when Brad Marjan did what he did to Timothy Lilligren, whether you believe it was legal, not legal, penalty, not penalty, cheap, not cheap, dirty, not dirty, whatever. I know Paul Bissonnette was saying, like, no, was, I mean, Lilligren engaged first and they're both battling and, you know, one guy lost an edge. I can see that argument, even if it is true. Let's let's pretend it is true. If I'm on the ice when it happens, that's immediate glove dropping scenario. Will I lose the fight? Maybe. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna fucking punch him a couple times. That's what's gonna happen. And then the next shift, someone else needs because it's not just like, oh, you know what? The captain of the other team did some dirty thing to our other or to our player, and someone has to answer the bell. It's Brad Marchant. How many fucking times in his career has he done this? Not just to the Maple Leafs, but a lot of times to the Maple Leafs. But how many times this guy, he's called a rat for a reason. Like, this is the player that he is. He's a piece of shit. And he's a pest. And that's what he has been his entire career. That's why he's a captain of the Boston Bruins. That's the player they like. And I'm sure we would love him on our team. I'm not suggesting that... Um, he doesn't deserve to be where he is. I mean, he has a value in this league. That said, when he does shit like that, people need to stop him. It's, it's almost like I wish the Maple Leafs had someone, someone on the roster who's capable of fighting. You know, that would have solved everything. But is, that's not even the point. Even though you have Reeves sitting on the bench doing nothing, 
It doesn't have to be him. It's not like Brad Marchand is six foot five, two seventy five. He's not Dwayne the Rock Johnson on skates. He's not Brock Lesnar out there. The fuck? What are we talking about? Well, the it's the first thing is like it's not Reeves' job to beat up the the small guy, right? Like my my issue with at least this, and we can continue to talk about this because I tell you, it's the same problem we've been talking about for the past five years. Is that the Reeves is there to make guys play a couple inches taller, right? These guys fucking shrunk when this happened. The the whole bench, the only responses are Reeves yapping and Bertuzzi laughing. There's no now, okay. The, Hold there's on. There's no other responses. <laughs> I, know, I know there's a lot of com- commentary around that. Of Bertuzzi laughing. I know he's not laughing at the injury. He's laughing at the bullshit that Marchand is 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 bullshit, and he knows who he is, and he played with him, and he's like right. this fucking guy. Like that's what the laugh is, right? But here's the thing: the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your player goes down. Not one fucking person goes to lift this player up. No one goes near it because they don't want to engage. They don't. They don't want to be anywhere near it, dude. I'm not asking for John Tavares to fight somebody. I'm asking for John Tavares to two-hand him in the back of the legs. Let him know you're there. Like, a response. I tweeted this out, or X'd it out, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The Hockey is forever been a game that polices itself for this reason. The ref was staring, Wes McCauley, fucking moron, staring right at it. Like, less has been called in this league. He has a high ankle sprain now. Right, and that fucking sucks, dude. But like, yeah, you'd rather break it. <laughs> there's no like, just no response from the team. Not then, not after. And don't give me this shit about oh, put him up on the scoreboard as a response. They did. They scored two goals. Great response. You still lost. So now you lost, and you look like bitches. There's there's no there's no excuse. Like the team does not care about each other to that degree. They don't. It's just not in their DNA. And they oh, like it's been said on numerous podcasts, numerous analysis, whatever. They don't have team toughness. They will not go to war for each other. They will not battle for each other. They won't. And it's it's very apparent. Maybe it's because they don't want to get punched in the face and and get mocked up for their next prime photo shoot. I don't know. It's just, it's not, you know, like, listen, John Tavares works hard. He's off to a great start this year. Didn't do fucking shit. He said, actually, I got one for you here. I didn't do fucking shit. That was John Tavares. Didn't do fucking shit. And he's your captain. At the very least, back in the day, dude, if Wendell Clark was on this team, who now I've abandoned all current Maple Leaf collecting and I'm only collecting Wendell Clark cards because it reminds me when times were good dude in in the series against the LA Kings McSorley took a run at Doug Gilmore who's tough in his own right Wendell Clark lost it and he didn't win that fight no McSorley McSorley got the better of Wendell towards the end of that fight but Wendell did something these guys don't do fucking anything Nothing. Remember, 
the times where Darcy Tucker would like grab Chris Neal off the bench and try to pull him back into the ice to fight him. Like that's the type of player they need. And I get it. The, the league is different now. And those guys aren't the same as they were back then. Uh, there's a line, I suppose. But man, when but- you look at what this team was supposed to be when the off season happened and Brad Living came in and said, Hey, we're going to get, Bertuzzi, and we're going to get Domi, and we're going to get Reeves, and we're going to be a tougher team to play against. Listen, I, I think everyone needs to understand this. Tyler Bertuzzi does not equal Todd Bertuzzi. <laughs> Max Domi does not equal his dad. Like, just because their last names are similar, they are not the same player. This is not Todd Bertuzzi. This is not Ty Domi. These are completely different players. But I'm not asking to fight. Look at the Golden Knights. Dude, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Someone ran into, I don't remember who it was, and I don't know if it was recent. If someone ran into the Tampa Bay Lightning goaltender, five yeah, sets of gloves Yeah, it was when Vasilevsky got ran, and five all five guys on the ice locked. Yeah, and that's all I'm asking for. Like, I'm not saying you have to the first know, game have in a Montreal, five round... The first game in Montreal, everyone's doing swanton bombs onto each other, and then it disappeared. Where'd it go? I don't, I don't like. I don't know. Like, do they just not care about the regular season? They better. And if they don't, and if they don't, <laughs> they better. Well, yeah, right. But if they don't, then like, am am I to believe they're gonna be different people come the playoffs? They haven't been. Every team they got beat by, they got beat by team toughness. Literally every single series, it's because the team out. And I'm, again, I'm not talking about fighting. They they out tough the Maple Leafs up and down the lineup. Maddie. This defense is horrendous, by the way. Oh well, we'll get to that in a second, Maddie. What do you think about the Marchand thing? I mean, he loses the benefit of the doubt just strictly because of who he is. Like, yeah. if this was, if if say you're going into the corner, hypothetically, if that's Patrice Bergeron, you're not like, oh, that you. Fully chalk that up like two guys, guy loses an edge. That's really unfortunate. That's shit, right? And no one's jumping him. But because it's Marshawn, he loses the benefit of the doubt. Uh, 100% in a situation like that, they should have done something. Someone should have come in, like Jim said, two-handed him on the back of the leg or, you know, cross-check to the face or whatever. And it's, you know, obviously in the stream of play or just if there's a whistle in front of the net and guys are just there and you cross-check someone in the face, yeah, it's fucking stupid. But in a situation like that, no, you got to let them know that they're around and saying, I know you're bullshit and less likely than not, you did this on purpose or not strictly take him out, try and break his ankle or high ankle sprain, but you're trying to knock him off a little bit. Maybe he floats in so that next time you're chasing a puck, he lets up right to the Reeves thing. No, that's not Ryan Reeves job to go after a Brad Marchand. Absolutely not. It's 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 to go after someone like a Trent Frederick that would have been on the team that might be two handing guys in you know behind the net or in front of the net. And we used to be like, cut the shit or I'm gonna punch your face in. Brad Marchand is not in his weight class. Brad Marchand is not the player that he's brought in to go after. It's the other big guys on the team or the guys that are a step below in terms of the weight class that he goes after. So like defense. That's, that's- but Reeves oh, is that's supposed a great to unlock, point. unlock the ability for somebody to do it and feel like, I'm not going to get murdered for doing this. Right, and that's the point. Is What Reeves' job is, is to say to guys like Matthews, 
to say to guys like Giordano, to say to guys like Riley and all these other guys on the team, I'm not going to put Marner in there because he'd get dummied by everybody. But I to some of those other guys like Tavares and shit like that, or even Gregor to say, look, if you go in and get dirty, don't worry about their big guy. I'll take care of him. Just go in there and defend your goddamn teammates. And none of them did that. Now, a lot of people like made a case about the Buffalo game and said, oh, well, we didn't see any of that. If you're Buffalo, why would you engage that? Knowing the market and knowing everything that went on, why would you even entertain the fact of getting into that shit? Just let them try and run around and do stuff to because they're so worried about what everyone's been saying about them and take penalties. They're just like, fuck it. Yeah, there is a lot of questioning of Ryan Reeves. And I think that's a great point, Maddie. And I think it's worth mentioning. The media was asking Reeves after, like, why was no response from the bench? Like, almost insinuating, like, why didn't you beat up Brad Marchand? And he didn't say it in a way that Maddie has articulated it, because I think that's actually what's happened here, where he's like, he's not my weight class, not my job. I think the question should be, and actually, hold on, before I say that, Reeves had said, I never had another shift again with Brad Marchand. Like, they had second change. Anytime I went out there, Brad's line wasn't out there. Nothing he could have done. However, is there not 11 other forwards on the team? That's the problem. That's what the issue is. Did Brad Marchand not play one more shift ever again in the game? Because it doesn't, like, it. anyone on the roster could have did it. You know, anyone on the team could have said, I'm going to stick up for Timothy Lilligan right now. That's it. Nobody fucking checked on him. The guy was like practically, he was being carried off. I'm fucking surprised the trainer went to check on him. The fact, like, there was, there was nobody. Like, it was was like an injury. This dude fuck everyone's wife. Like, he just, like, no one cared. I mean, he is a good looking dude. Actually, not even an injury angle. It was literally just a legitimate injury in AEW where like a guy's laying there hurt and no one goes to check on him because no one knows what they're doing over there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's it was, wild to me. It's wild to me, like you said. Like, And then Reeves comes out and says, don't worry, it'll never happen again. It, well, I, fuck. We've addressed the okay. physicality. We've addressed the physicality. Show me. I don't, well, I, don't be- I don't believe any of this until I see it. So I don't think Buffalo was a good measuring stick because one, they're not good. Like we don't have to get into the fact that they at least lost them because there's a myriad of things, right? But, you know, um, tonight, because they will be playing Tampa tonight, will be the indicator of what. It's a litmus test for sure. Absolutely. Because Tampa is going to be pissed that they were up three to one in the third and the Leafs came back and beat them a week and a half ago, right? So they're going to be motivated to to kind of assert their dominance. But, and Yeah, you're right. But you look at all these teams, I think what bothers me is I look at a team like Tampa. It, again, Kucherov would take your head off. Stamkos literally fought, tried to fight Matthews. Like he grabs somebody. Nobody face washed, nobody nothing. No one shoved him, nobody grabbed him by the jersey. Nobody took his number and tried to paste him into the boards. My brother and I play in bullshit meaningless tournaments and have gotten way more involved than we should have for significantly less than what happened yeah. to Timothy Lilligren. And that's what bothers me. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, 
and I and you saw the same tweet that I did, where it's like someone make these guys watch tapes of 2002. You know, I'm and I, I 93, 94, 2002. Watch those teams. If Gary Roberts, Shane Corson, Darcy Tucker, Travis Green, like if those guys were on this team, like Dimitri Yushkevich, Yushkevich, Danny Markov, Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, like none of this stuff happens. None of this stuff happens. They don't, you know what? Sorry. I'm playing it again. The kids don't want it. They don't skate, they don't score, they don't hit, they don't fight, they float. They don't love to win. They don't hate to lose. So here's the thing too. In regard to, I, I don't even necessarily think tonight is the ultimate litmus test or the ultimate indicator. I think it'll be a good one. I think if there's a little bit of bullshit and you see guys, you know, scrums after the whistle, fine. Like they don't need to start shit after everything. I think what's going to happen is, is when you have a sleepy night on a Thursday or Tuesday in December and some idiot from Carolina decides to, you know, like Michael My Bunting God. decides <laughs> to take a cheap shot at somebody that I like say Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, that's when you'll really see if it's changed, but they got to find be... a way to, to bring something to the table. A hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, is, is like Tampa, it's easy to say, Oh, it's easy to get up against Tampa. Yeah. Right. But hundred percent against nobody's exactly. Or when there's a borderline shot that looks kind of iffy or whatever, do they get in there? So I think that's when you'll have a good indicator. If, the mentality has changed after the talk because apparently the word was is that it wasn't just the team it was brad Living went down there and kind oh, of dude. laid into them a little bit <laughs> i hope he called them pussies like right to their faces because dude they are and it's just it's i like i just don't know like when when does the team the crest the guy sitting next to you winning when does it all matter like when do you when, like the the bruins like it's like somebody coming into your house and like eating your food and then just leaving and you're just like you just watch them you're like yeah sorry sorry i didn't open the door for you like that's they're the the words that are being thrown around about the toronto maple leafs now are they're nice and they're soft like how how could you be a hockey player and be like and be okay with that like, if somebody called me that while I played hockey, I would lose my mind. Like, it's one of the top insults you can say to somebody and it chirp all the time is they call you soft. The whole team's soft. We use Tampa as an example, a lot of a team that you might want to play like. Uh, as of time of recording, Tampa and Toronto, is the puck is going to drop in like 30 minutes. So we don't know the result of that game. Um <laughs> This story could get a whole lot worse because Tampa's going to come into town. Fire John Klingberg into the sun, please, yep. for the love of God. I don't no, care like, how, many honestly, assists, how many great first passes this guy has out of the zone. It's embarrassing the lack of defense this guy knows or understands. You know what would be great right now? Matt Dumba. Um, how about a... Uh, well, sure. I was going to say a right shot. Six foot four. Don't no. No, no, not Justin Hall. I don't want to hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my favorite, one of my favorite tweets this week 
was, uh, I think it was Endgame, where Thanos looks at uh, Nebula and says, I'm sorry, daughter. Maybe I, I judged you too harshly. <laughs> and it's that line without daughters, like, maybe I judged you too harshly, uh, talking about least fans to Justin Hall right now. Just uh, hoping they can find anyone to play defense because this team looks really rough on the back end right now without Timothy Lilligren. Now, uh, I think McCabe is drawing back in the lineup tonight, so that's good. Um, there's also I mean, other roster moves happening. Nick Robertson is finding his way into the lineup. Uh, Pointus Holmberg has been loaned to the Marlies, which is such a ridiculous loophole, but okay. Whatever. Uh, Holmberg's been loaned to the Marlies, and somehow they can fandangle this whole thing been happening. It looks like Robertson's going to be on the third line with Domi. And who am I missing? Who's on, the, who's on that line on the wing? No. Uh, you're, uh, actually, it might be because the top, is line's top line's Nyes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Yarncroft's probably on the too. second line. So it's probably... Yeah, In any event, Robertson's going to draw into the third line. Domi's going to move to center. I, I mean, I guess like it just seems like there's well, a whole lot of blender going on right now just to see what works, because you know what you have, obviously, with Matthews and Marner and Nylander, who've been playing fantastic. If you look at statistically, these guys are having a hell of a year, but they're the only but everyone ones. else. Nobody yes. else is scoring. And the rest of them are just letting people score <laughs> like it's it's they're getting nothing provided out of those or provided Outside of those four guys, and it's who would you rather have right now, Michael Bunting or uh, Tyler Bertuzzi? Still Tyler Bertuzzi because I still yeah. think it's a new it's a new city, it's a new situation, it's more pressure than he's probably typically faced. I think you know there's a there's the upside is still much higher on him. I'm getting eerie David Clarkson, Dave Boland vibes right now. From Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm a little bit scared. And don't get me wrong. I was the one guy. Well, I wasn't the one guy. <laughs> I was in the crowd going, sign this man, sign this man, trade for this man. Because I thought he's what the team needed. I am deathly afraid that this man is David Clarkson 2.0. He just needs to simplify the shit, right? Like, he doesn't need to think that he's coming in here and he has to drive things. You're playing with two of the best players in the world in Matthews and Marner, or you're playing with Tavares and Nylander. The dude who needs to be the, first on pucks. Be yeah, first on all pucks. you have to do, be the guy to go in and get the puck, give the puck to them, sit in front of the net, you'll put up 25 to 35 goals. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Slightly off topic, but I think it does uh, warrant a bit of a conversation. I saw a quote the other day from Phil Kessel saying like, yeah, I'm a little surprised no one's called yet. Uh, I would take a shot at Kessel. Well, here's the thing. I think it's just the I'm just looking at the Leafs roster right now, and it's and obviously this is a a a very I don't know what the right word is here, but a glaring uh, example of the opposite end of the spectrum. Whereas the Maple Leafs have Tavares and Matthews and Martin or Nealander making all the money, and then everyone else below them. It's like Nye's making less than a million bucks. Robertson making less than a million bucks. Gregor making less than a million bucks. Lejoie, Lagason, Benoit, et cetera, et cetera. Giordano. I feel like the NHL has become this now, where you're going to have your stars, and then you have all your young guys. And there's like that middle ground player is almost gone. 
And that's why Patrick Kane is waiting on a contract right now. That's why Phil Kessel is waiting on a contract right now. Like, you can't tell me that the Leafs wouldn't be better with Kane and Kessel on this roster right now. They'd be incredible. Like, they, they would be a better team today if they had the ability to would, sign these would guys. They, and would they be a better team? I mean, are these guys going to answer the bell to Marchand? No, no. That's what I mean. It doesn't solve the, the, like, it's the DNA. And that's, and I don't know if it's the coach. Like, people are talking about Keefe saying that Keefe's held, hold them back. I don't know if that's the case. You know, I don't know. Cause, like, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. You're, you're really going to tell them not to, to get involved? That seems counterintuitive to me. So, although the rumblings now are that, you know, again, from credible source, 43.6. The rumblings now are that uh, Brad Trey Living is poking around his old team because they're shit. The Calgary Yo, Flames Give me Zadorov and I'm happy. Well, that's the, that is the, the rumor is that Zadorov and or Brandon or Chris Tanev would be of Honest, interest for this team. Ship out John Klingberg, our first round pick, and something else and get Tanev and Zadorov and I'd be happy. That's honestly though Brody, Riley, Zadorov and Tanev would be a decent top 4. Well, those guys are UFAs and so is Brody, so I imagine there might be some sort of swap there to to make things work and we would send assets, but one or both of those guys would be incredible for this defense cuz again, going back to <laughs> you know, Luke Shen was great for this. What and again, Luke Shen would have been another person. Luke Shen would not have let the Marshan thing go. Ryan O'Reilly would not have let that happen. Um, Nola Chari. Nick Foligno, Achari Foligno. The like Foligno example is a perfect one. Okay, Corey Perry takes John Tavares' head off. Don't know if it's accidental or not. Foligno I think we him. knew it was accidental. I think Foligno knew it was accidental, but, but didn't you matter. have to address it. And yes. Felino knows this. Uh-huh. So he addressed and so did Perry. it. And so did Perry. It was understood. Yes. The game isn't changing. Like, that part of the game will never change. And that's what I said. The, the game polices itself. And to try and change that part of the game and pretend like it doesn't exist, it's, it's going to make you an abject failure in the sport. It just will. Do you think the narrative would be different right now if there was a penalty called on the play? Like, what was five in a game? Uh, I think maybe in context of that game specifically, yes. Do I think the next game they play against Boston, is it, does someone try and do something? Probably not, but I don't know. It's hard because you also don't want to think someone's going out there intentionally trying to injure somebody. But again, dude, that's hard. Five in a game, maybe, because you also don't want to risk losing a five-minute power play, you know, in that moment. So possibly, because nothing was called, I think it just amplifies it too. Because it's like, there was nothing called, you got nothing out of it, and yet you lost one of your top four D-men. The other thing about the Leafs' comeback too with the goals, and it's been said, I think it was on the Steve Dangle podcast, is of course they fucking scored two goals. They were down. They're going to cheat. The Leafs, like they, the I think it was Jesse. Fire everything. The number one bet to make is when the Leafs are down by two, 
to cover the spread because they cheat offense and they always come back, right? They have enough high-end skill that if you're down two goals, they're probably going to come back to tie it and then lose. Like, that's what happens, right? So every time Leafs are down two, bet them to cover and you'll make money. So here's the thing. When it comes to the whole, you know, Klingberg's trash, the defense is worrisome and blah, blah, blah. I'm not worried about the offense of this team. They will figure it out. You know, the guys they have in place have shown more over the past few years to indicate that this is either just a weird slump or whatever that they'll get through. There was a stretch last year where they didn't put up more than two goals a game for like 10 games. And everyone had the same thing. The sky's falling. Matthews can't figure out it hasn't scored in eight or nine um Marner's not pretty you know it was the same thing last year and then all of a sudden they broke it and they finished first or second in the league in offense so again not, worried, not worried about, about the offense goals. I'm no about- but, but I'm not worried about the overall team offense because again it's early guys are figuring it out and stuff like that what's going to happen is is they're going to get all the tougher matchups and then the bottom six guys with all the new parts that they have in place yeah it's going to take time for guys to figure shit out that's fine the offense is not the concern the concern is, is, as we said, is seeing how outside of Riley, who's actually been pretty good, um, and Brody, who's kind of always the same. You always know what you're going to get. It's not the greatest in the world, but he's reliable. Um, but it's that hole of John Klimberg when he's on the ice is really not good. Like He should only get offensive zone starts and if that puck comes back, first chance he gets, get the hell off the ice and power play. That's it. Yeah, it's bad. Like, it's really bad. Like, yeah, he knew it was have... bad, but I think it'd be this bad. <laughs> Still a long way to go. Um, it's not looking good right now. It looks really bad. They got Tampa tonight. Let's see if they can turn it around. Um, however, on Wednesday night, the Ottawa Senators come to town. And listen, the Leafs are in rough shape. But Ottawa's in worse. So at least there we can always have that thought in our mind that Ottawa is a dumpster, a dumpster fire, if you will. And the reason why I'm saying Ottawa's a dumpster fire is not necessarily their record or how they've been playing on the ice, even though they're getting booed, and that's kind of funny. Um, the thing that is really interesting to me, and this was a comment from uh, the Sens owner, Michael Ann Lauder. Is that how you say that? Ann Lauder? And Lauer. And Lauer. And Lauer. Yeah, there's no D in there. That makes sense. Well, there's a D, but not there. Ann Lauer said, and this is my... Okay, a lot of things have happened with the Ottawa Senators the last little while. There was what we talked about last week with Shane Pinto and the betting uh, thing that happened in the 41-game suspension. And then they got a first-round pick taken away from them based on their involvement in the Dadonov, Dadonov trade. I, I'm never going to be able to say that word uh, name properly. Hit it. I'm Hit looking it. for oh, it. Oh, it's oh. gone. There it is. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. And if you're not familiar with that situation, basically, Dadonov provided a list of 10 teams he didn't want to be traded to when Ottawa then flipped that asset to Vegas. Vegas then tried to move him again, but it was one of the teams on his no-trade clause. Uh, Donov's agent doubled down and said, uh, no, you can't trade us there, and the whole thing fell apart. And then they finally unraveled this 
ball of wax. They figured out, well, it was Ottawa that, and specifically Pierre Dorian's office, that was the ones who were negligent here and didn't hand over the already provided no trade list when they had originally traded Dodonov to the Golden Knights. Got all that? Okay, great. So Dorian's out. <laughs> he's, he's lost his job. Which, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why Pierre Dorian should have been fired for a number of uh, cause over the years. But this is the straw that finally broke the camel's back. And it's probably not really a straw. Do you remember but, Do you remember the Pierre Dorian quote, actually, before you go? Remember when they were like, so what kind of, uh, you know, tell us about, you know, the Ottawa Senators. Like, what's something good you can say about, uh, he's like, well, uh, we're a team. And then there was like Dude. silence for like 30 seconds. No, it was silence before that. They asked him, like, what do you like the most about it? And, like, there was probably eight seconds of silence. And he said, we're a team. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> like, the guy had to be on shrooms or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just, there was, just he was just, yeah, he was a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Totally out of it. Now, the new Sands owner, because, again, like we've talked about on this show, that Ottawa's been up for sale. Just been purchased, kept, kept the team in Ottawa. And supposedly, the NHL didn't even tell him, not just about the investigation of the trade, but the investigation into Shane Pinto. They knew both of these things and didn't tell the guy who's spending billions of dollars to buy this team well, not of the shit that you're going... Okay, fine. The billion dollars that you're going to spend on this team and you're not going to tell him the shit that he's going to have to deal with when he comes into office? Could you imagine? Like, I buy a sandwich for $20. And if it's not a good sandwich, I'm upset. That's a $20 sandwich. This guy bought a hockey team. And the NHL's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> we're going to suspend this guy for half a fucking season, which is unheard of. And then, by the way, your first round draft pick, yeah, we're taking that. You probably should have sexually harassed someone because then, like, that would have been fine. Like, we would have given you Connor Bedard if you sexually harassed somebody. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, making uh, fucking up a trade, that's going to cost you a first round pick. Well, I, I think the, the one, one thing that freaks me out is that Ann Lauer was handpicked by the league to get the Senators because he wasn't the highest bidder. So, why, like, why Gary Batman would. <laughs> fuck over his brand new owner is beyond me i don't i mean listen i'm i don't i i actually think they're being i don't know if they're being unduly punished i think and lauer is being unduly punished uh for since he hit him or his office didn't commit which is quite unfortunate the pinto thing is the pinto thing i mean if i'm and lauer i'm asking for money back <laughs> on like i'm asking for a percentage back they give me $100 million. I know, something like, hey, I'm going to need a new practice facility coming up, and I'm going to spend $0 on it, and the NHL, I'm going to give you the bill. So though they will get that pick back. Like, let's be honest. They're not going to... One, the Ottawa is a team that needs everything that it can get. They want to keep the team there. Clearly, the NHL, by finding the owners and you know not moving the team, they will do whatever it takes. They say this, and then they'll be like, you know what, reviewing and blah, 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 like they did with Ilya Kovalchuk in New Jersey. New Jersey lost their pick for cap circumvention with Ilya Kovalchuk's contract. 
they ended up getting it back, but it was the 30th pick. They just said, you know, you have your first round pick, but you can't pick where you finish. It now becomes 30. It's going to be the same thing. They're going to pick 32nd. So, I mean, it's more grandstanding to show that they did something and then they'll just kind of reverse it. I would be more, if I'm Ann Lauer, yes, I'd be pissed because I would say, you wanted me in here, you picked me, but this is how you do business. And it would, the fact that he voiced that outwardly like that probably scares away some other potential owners of guys to say. Actually, he was very vocal. Yeah. Which isn't common for the NHL, especially from owners directly. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if other owners start having more, I guess, due diligence. I'm not saying he didn't lack due diligence on this. I think because how are you supposed to anticipate something like that when you think it should be disclosed? But, you know, with the NHL thinking expansion to somewhere like Houston, if you're a potential owner and you see something like this, you're just like, huh. And in a tougher market to sell than Ottawa would be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have an existing fan base, doesn't have an up and coming young team and shit like that. Like, that's tough. So I, I think that's very, very bad. Now, on the Pinto front, if I'm Ann Lauer, you sit his ass down and say, this is how it's going to work. If you ever want to play in the NHL again, or if you want to play, you know, in the next few years, this is the deal you're going to sign. You're going to take it. You're going to be happy. And you're going to say how much you, you know, you took this discount one to show that you're a better person and two, how much you love being in Ottawa. You're going to sign eight years at four and a half million dollars, <laughs> plain and simple. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's just, it's just like you said, a tire fire all around for that team. Except for the on ice product, which is wild because the team is really well built and they're playing half. They're not playing to expectation, but funny enough, it's, it's kind of similar to the Maple Leafs. Now the Ottawa is past the, Hey, look, we're okay. Hey, look, we're improving. Like improving means fuck all to the Ottawa senators. This is a team that has expectations. Now you sign Jake well, Sanderson to a big deal. You have Chikrin and Shabbat. Their defense is fantastic. You have well, Shabbat's out for like a month. Yeah. But, and you have, you know, uh, a spoil well, of have, riches up front. Yeah, like with, between Brady Tushuk and Tim Stutzel and Josh Norris. Even Claude Giroux is Claude Giroux. a great piece to have. Tarasenko. Tarasenko. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of guys on that roster that are really good. So, to be fair, because we kind of dunked on him earlier, that's Pierre Dorian's team. Oh, so. he built a good team. And I, I like I like the Ottawa Senators. I find them fun to watch. You know, like uh, Leaf-Senators rivalry aside... I'm rooting for them to do well. I'm rooting for the Ottawa Senators fan base to have something to cheer for. Oh, it's unfortunate. I'm rooting for them to be good so that we can go back to the mid-2000s of the Toronto-Ottawa playoff series. Man, oh, I miss those. We would just get dummied if it was this team. but uh, well, yeah. yeah, but we dummied them in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we were tough. Those but no, I, I do... I, See what you mean? Dorian, great hockey mind, great hockey guy, terrible in front of the camera. I think that's what it is. You know, not great when it came to the media stuff, not great when it came to the interview stuff. If he, if you had one person to handle all that shit as the GM and then him just handle all the hockey shit and decisions, oh. it'd be great. Well, Melnick was worse. Oh, yeah. You know, but that's the thing. Like, they can't, and this is weird, you can't blame a dead guy, right? So you're, you're putting it on the new owner. But like Maddie said, this guy's vocal. It's just a bad look, like for the NHL. 
who already like as a league like looks stupid half the time kind of comedy so, yeah it's a comedy of errors right they just they're it's like abbott and costello or like was the uh exactly right like that's what you hear it's just bill daly and and uh gary bettman running into doors and yeah. they're just chasing each other um it's just it, a new owner yeah you don't want the guy's been here like like 30 days and he's like what the fuck is going on here well, he's also been part of ownership before because he owned yes. part of the Canadians, right? He so did, yes. you think a guy like that, that you would bring him in and say, you know, he's not foreign to... <laughs> a little respect, please. Yeah. Like, he's not foreign to NHL ownership or what's involved or, you know, kind of what should be divulged as part yeah. of that, you know. Now, maybe it's something Dorian didn't inform him on. You know, although the way he said it, he said, you know, we were told this and they said, oh, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And who's who's like, do you think Vegas has any fault here? Like, like being like, hey, is that all the paper? Like, 100 percent. Ask more questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Honestly, no. No, yeah, I don't think that's their responsibility. If you're if you're getting an asset, it's up to you to do your due diligence as well to make sure that everything is involved. I mean, well, I take no, if I buy I, a car. Hey, I, I if I buy a car, I take it to my mechanic to look it over. I mean, sure, but it's still on the due diligence of the person who sold you the car to provide you with like yeah. any accident reports. Like that's True. still like they still have a, a duty on their end to provide you the necessary I'm just documentation. Playing devil's advocate. The no, actually, yeah. I'll, I'll say this: they really don't have okay, to fine. provide the car example is probably a bad example <laughs> well i'm saying is i believe in this circumstance but it's the same trading thing trading a player to another team you are supposed to yeah. okay send all but the appropriate paperwork part of that but think of then from this angle if you get a player a lot of the time it says trade pending a physical because the team that is acquiring him is putting him through a physical to see if he's capable and then to say okay we will take him. The trade goes through. We're good with whatever he has. It's the this, same thing. I saw this vision of some random intern in Ottawa carrying the papers over to the fax machine. And it like slips one, out. One just it just says no trade list. Like an <laughs> asterisk saying no trade clause. Here's the teams. Right? It just floats under a desk and he just goes send and then walks away. Fuck, man. I, I, I don't think they're completely to blame. Definitely Ottawa should have provided and said, oh, yeah, by the way, his contract involves a no trade list. But I also think, one, his agent should have called Vegas and said, by the way, you're acquiring him as a player. He has a 10-no-trade list. And then Vegas themselves should have asked the question to the agent to say, hey, is there anything in this contract that we need to be aware of? Or does he have any no-trade clauses? They should have been combing through that contract because it would have said in there that he has a no-trade clause, a modified no-trade with teams listed. I don't know. I feel like I could have went... I feel like I could have went to capfriendly.com and found that out. Right. That, right. And Vegas could have done that. Still, I don't, I guess it all depends on whose responsibility is it. And I guess we don't know the right answer, I, but I, based I on the NHL punishment, of course, I think it absolutely is Ottawa's responsibility. No, sorry. That's why sorry, they, I don't think it's Vegas's responsibility, but no. it's one of those things. But also Vegas probably could have read that contract a little more thorough. Maybe, but Vegas is the victim here. They're the ones who got left hole in the bag. Like they had a trade that was favorable to them. You know, okay. They- so it's kind of like 
if you go to a bad part of Toronto and you get held up, it's not your fault that you got held up, but also you should have probably known you shouldn't walk that time of night in that area. Sure. And there's also the buyer beware thing, right? And they say, always make sure you're doing your due diligence. Don't rely on other people or the person selling you the product to inform you of everything. Cause obviously they're going to try and put themselves in the best position. Not to say that Ottawa intentionally withheld that no trade list, but at the same time, you, you're, this isn't, no, that's, that would <laughs> never happen. It's pretty good. But cool. I, I would say though, if this was just us, like me handing you something, Dustin, and you being like, coming back a week later, be like, yo, I bought this off a hundred bucks from you and it doesn't fucking work. It's like, oh, whatever, you know, you should have known, like take the risk. <laughs> This is a multi-billion dollar sports league with multi-million dollars, like hundreds of millions of dollars of teams with millions of dollars worth of lawyers at their disposal. You're telling me that they could have gotten some articling student, legal student to be like, take a look at this contract, make sure we know it in and out in terms of what we can do with that asset. Okay, but here's the thing. I don't know if, and this is maybe where the difference is, where I, I want to believe this is what happened. Vegas acquires the player. They're aware there's a 10-team no-trade list. They're aware of that. It's in the contract. They know that happened. But Ottawa didn't give them the list of that 10 teams because this can change at any time. At any time, you can have your... Sure, you have in your contract a list of 10 teams, but that could be my 10 teams as of today or like that's the most recent list of the 10 teams or whatever. Like you supply it to the team at the beginning of the season or whatever the fuck. Yeah, right? there's a date you have to submit it. Right. So what I'm saying first, is yeah. it may not be written into the actual contract of him playing for the Ottawa Senators that you that these 10 teams you cannot be traded to. It is you have 10 teams you can't be traded to. The list is then provided in another document at another time, whatever. So then when Vegas gets it, and then Vegas is like, okay, it's 10 teams, no trade list, great. Maybe they didn't know. I don't know. This is probably no, no, no. Now you're, you're about to make my, now you're about to make our point because yeah, then I know, it, I know, yeah. And that's why I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, Vegas then should have been like, by the way, what are your ten teams? Right. And that's what I'm saying because I think that they tried to flip him that day. Exactly. Yeah. So when they went to flip him, and then the league came back saying, no, you can't fucking do that. And they're like, what do you mean they can't do that? Ottawa didn't tell me anything. And then that's how it goes yeah. back to Ottawa. So I get how it happened. Ultimately, it to me it seems like Ottawa was running a sloppy shop. Um, but I'll tell you what's not a sloppy shop. This episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and... Complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Every week, I always go to the Now Your Treasures website as I'm doing this. And there's a Homelander like comic print from the boys mm -hmm. looks really cool. Just saying order it. 43% oh. off your order. I don't know if you guys are caught up on Gen V. <laughs> no, but oh man, that shows, that shows incredible. Yeah. I love it. Like it's just more boys, but it's a different cast essentially, which 
I'll check it. It's out. not a bad thing as it may sound. Like it's actually cool. Like it's just more characters in the universe and they're expanding it out a bit. It's really cool. However, we got to talk in baseball. There is a World Series champion and it's not the team we wanted, but it's the team we got. And I think we should at least, in the very least, we should say congratulations to the Texas Rangers. For who is that? I, I I put that in there. Who did the duck? That was Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series. Um, one of the things that I just put in here because it it drove me nuts because I heard it a lot on the Canadian broadcast. Why does everyone say the word clinched? Listen, okay. If you clinched a playoff spot at some point in the series, in some point in the season, that makes sense to me. Like, oh, okay, like they worked really hard all season. They clinched a playoff spot. So now the rest of the games in the season don't matter as much. But like they were talking about it like, well, they just clinched the World Series. The fuck? No, they won. They won won the World Series. They won the championship. They didn't fucking clinch anything. It's just... I don't know. Semantics, language, I know. English is stupid sometimes. I just think people overcomplicate the language and it would drive you fucking nuts. I feel like I'm Vince McMahon where he would lose his mind at Michael Cole or JR for don't like say calling it a... Yeah, like yeah, they're sports entertainers, pal. It's not or a like belt. You can't call it a, oh, it's a title. A belt hold up your pants, pal. Like you can't use all these words, but like there's... A method to his madness sometimes. And I feel like maybe I've been convinced into his madness. But for the love of God, can we just call it a championship? They won the champ. Like just one of my professors in college, <laughs> I'll never forget this. He always would just say, say what you mean. That's it. What, what, what do you just say what you mean? Like stop mm-hmm. trying to use flowery verbiage bullshit. Just say what you mean. And people will understand what you're saying. So uh, the Texas Rangers did not clinch... A championship. They won a championship. It was the first uh, World Series for the Texas Rangers. And what I thought was amazing. And I'm not trying to dunk on the guy. But if you're watching that game, you know, in the ninth inning, it got blown open. Because there was a single to center field. And unfortunately, it went right under the gro- under the glove of Alec Thomas. And it rolled all the way to the wall. The Rangers were allowed to score a few extra runs, and they should have, and that pretty much iced the game. All I could think of in that moment was, you know what? Dalton Varsha would have made that play. (laughs) For all you motherfuckers saying, oh, look at Moreno, and look at Gurriel, and the Blue Jays, they fucked it up. It all came down to a defensive error at center field. That Dalton Varsho easily would have fielded. I'm just Dalton saying. Dalton also didn't want to go glove, though. That's another thing. And the Blue Jays, I don't know if you guys have anything on uh, the World Series. We can well, no, nah, honestly, shitty the Rangers. I mean, I want a Diamondbacks to win, but I mean, I feel like Semyon's like, boys, we've got to end this in five. I can't go six. <laughs> the, uh, the Rangers won the way the Jays tried to win for so many years. And that's what bothers me. Like, they basically won by pounding the ball, right? Like, they're not the best defensive team in the world. They don't have a great bullpen. They just smack the shit out of the ball. And that's how they won a World Series. So it's kind of a bummer. That's how we always try to do it. And then we don't. And then Texas does. Um, I do want to say 
the the best <laughs> the best um question post World Series is when they went to Corey Seager and they're like can you can you tell us, you know, you win the World Series MVP. Why do you think the Dodgers didn't want you? He's like, I don't know. I just like I just want a World Series. The fuck do you I care whether Dodgers want me or not? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm getting a, I'm getting a like a ten million dollar ring in the next six months. I don't give a shit. Yeah, so funny. I would have, I would have had so much fun with that question if I was Corey Seager. I'd be like, guys, I signed a contract to play for this team two fucking years ago. <laughs> okay, uh, if you want to ask why the Dodgers didn't want to pay me, you should probably ask the Dodgers. Um, but I'm sure they're going to tell you the same thing I'm going to tell you. Where it was two fucking years ago. Who cares? No, I would have done the whole. Sorry, what was your question? I was too busy winning. I didn't hear <laughs> you. Shooter McGavin or something? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Well, I didn't hear your question. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Sorry, I was too busy winning. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Have you finished again? Dead last? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. With the Dodgers finish? Out of the World Series? That clip at the World Series would live forever. Like oh, yeah. Terry Funk levels of forever. No, uh, Patrick Roy. Sorry, I didn't hear what Jeremy was saying. I got two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ears. Yeah, like that would that would be on that level of chirp. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what was your question? I didn't hear it. I was too busy winning. What I think with, actually with that intonation. That was, yeah. That was I assume, and I don't know this, and I probably could look it up. But I don't care enough. I assume that it was like an LA, LA area reporter, yeah. reporter who got a credential to the, the world series. And he's trying to ask a question that makes sense. That's, like, rel- quote, that's relevant yeah. to his audience. So I get that. I think, but if it's just some national broadcast guy being a clown, then I think I it was a woman. It. Maybe it was a guy. I don't remember. Or whomever. <laughs> I mean, man, woman or whatever. Um, it's a, it's a stupid question. Animal, mineral, vegetable. doesn't matter. <laughs> nope. Nope. Either way, however you want to, you ask it. It's it's a stupid question, but yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to the Texas Rangers, uh, mainly Marcus Semyon, who hit that home run. That was pretty cool. You know, what? good on the dude. Like the Jays yeah. weren't going to pay him. He <laughs> you was guys like, good on. I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> hey, Why? Well, he was. He's he's our Corey Seager. We didn't want to pay him, so he goes to Texas and wins a fucking World Series. Yeah, he's too busy winning. He didn't hear the Jays' offer. He was too busy winning. That's God so damn. funny. Well, the Blue Jays did win something, and that, of course, was a few gold gloves. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier, uh, former Toronto Blue Jay, won the gold glove for his center field, or outfield, I should say. And uh, Matt Chapman, former Toronto Blue Jay, won the gold soon, glove. Soon to be you, New York Yankee. That has been my prediction for a long time, but a lot of people are saying the Cubs now. I don't know. We'll see. But I think it's all but a foregone conclusion that he is no longer going to be a Toronto Blue Jay. In fact, I think Ross Atkins actually said, <laughs> thank you for your time here. He's done during a media well, yeah. availability. They extended a qualifying offer, but... But he declined. Not. Yeah. And and so, okay. Well, actually, I shouldn't say he declined. That hasn't happened yet. That's my assumption. So the Blue Jays have given they, a qualifying offer to Matt Chapman for 20 million bucks, something like that. But they do that they have if to he do. signs, they get compensation, right? If he declines and he signs somewhere else, he will. Jays will get compensation of some sort. Yeah, uh, and it depends on like the value of the contract and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, not a chance in hell Matt Chapman accepts that qualifying offer. Twenty million bucks sounds like a lot of money, especially if you're looking at it with an NHL lens, where you know the best player in the league makes eleven. Thirteen point. But for a thir- 
next year. For a, sure. For a, yeah, for a third baseman, not a whole lot of third baseman on the open market right now. And there's a team like the New York Yankees who like to spend a lot of money and they're going to look at what he can do with the bat and they're going to look at his gold glove. And they have a hole at third base. And they have a huge hole at third base. So I think Matt Chapman's going to make a lot of money next year. Good on him. You know, go make your money. I don't, I don't see a reason why uh, there needs to be any hard feelings there. And then Jose Barrios actually also won a gold glove as well, which I was surprised by. But if nothing else, I think it reinforces the fact that the Blue Jays pissed away the best starting rotation that they've ever had in the history of the franchise. Wait, speaking of that, brother, did you see the videos of Alec Manoa? I did. No. That man, I think, a, uh, I think he, he must have broken up with his girlfriend. Because that man is hitting the gym. Yeah. He is working out like a beast. Well, in he's that 12 second, 12 second clips. He's sure. just like, shoot me for 12 seconds. Drum up the hype. And then he just quits. But What I want to see is like WrestleMania 12 hype video. Shawn Michaels doing that ridiculous like <laughs> upside down. Alec Manoa jogging thing. by the, the water. <laughs> Like, here's last year, Alec Manoa getting ready for the season and it's Bret Hart running on the snow. And here's Alec Manoa this year and he's doing the Shawn Michaels press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I want to see. And you know what? If Alec Manoa comes back next year, that could be incredible. But again, and uh, free agency is going to start very soon in Major League Baseball. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to have my heart broken once Shohei Otani signs anywhere but Toronto. I can't, I can't wait to, to get Yamamoto. So out, though. Like, it's not. It's still not outside the realm of possibility. And I'm not. I'm not. Again, James, I'm not. James, I'm not being. James, don't don't do don't, the whole thing. You're being crazy. Him. Listen. Hear me listen. out. Listen. No, it's there, no, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Is me and Margot Robbie. It's not outside <laughs> the realm of impossibility. Okay. What I'm saying is, if you look at the way the Jays have structured their money, they have a lot of money to their budget to spend and throw it right. all at one guy and they have a lot of guys internally they can plug into a lot of positions right so all i'm saying is i think they have a price in their mind that they're willing to pay for shohei otani i don't think the jays are just going to be like nah i think they're going to have conversations and they're going to put an offer on the table i don't and they're going to bid up until they can't. Like, I don't think they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's exactly the type of player they need. Sadly, he's going to be expensive, but I think they have a price tag. And I think they're going to put that offer in. Who no. they probably should be going after is Joey Votto. And I've been saying this probably since the inception of this podcast. Joey Votto should finish his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. Do I think it's going to happen? No. <laughs> I do. But if I was in charge, if I was in charge, he would 100% be the DH of this team uh, this coming year. Because, you want to know why I think it's going to yeah. happen? Why is that? Did you watch his video? The one where he's like sitting on a chair in a field somewhere? Adirondack chair? chair? <laughs> okay, sure, yeah. Adirondack. Um, yeah, what it, I maybe it's pro wrestling of me to think about here, but he very specifically said, "I'm just a kid from Toronto, Ontario." Uh huh. 
I mean, that's a true statement, though. He's planting the seeds. No, because that's that's like that's like Austin Matthews being like, you know, I'm just a kid from Arizona. Like, you're not expected to be playing hockey. Yeah, but Joey Votto's a free agent that isn't being picked up by his team. I'm telling you, he's trying to babyface himself and be like, uh, yes, the boyhood dream. Yeah. Speaking of Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12. Goddamn. (laughs) There you go. Ties it all back together. Yeah, it writes itself. I would like to see it. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It'd be cool, but. Well, I, I at that point, honestly, Votto plays first, and I think you put Vladdy at DH. Vladdy's not a bad first baseman, though. I don't th- think that's... He's not, but I think it's more of considering how he was last year hitting. Say, look, just focus on hitting. Don't worry about first base. Uh, you know, platoon the DH first base with Votto. Give maybe Votto 100 of the games and Vladdy 62. I think Votto's here's the here, Yeah, that, that could be a possibility. And here's the problem with that. I, I get where you're coming from, but like I feel, but Vado Vado's gonna be like 39 of it. I, I think some of Vladdy's problems is that he lacks focus. Holy shit, he's 40. Okay, that's close. I think Vladdy's problem is that he lacks focus at times. All the more evident by his ridiculous base running uh, that essentially cost the Blue Jays their postseason uh, run. I think if you make him exclusively a DH, he will be even less engaged in the game. If he's not out there playing defensively, and he's just not in it, he only has to hit the hit the ball every three innings. Then he's not a guy you want on the team. Well, he's not a guy you want on the team at the DH. No, I just mean, and if if you need a guy to be playing first, if like if he's not mature enough to be like, hey, be engaged. You're the DH. We need you to do this, and blah blah blah. And he's like, well, I can only do that if I'm playing first. Then that's a severe he's flaw. Gonna, I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm just saying I think focus would be a bigger issue if he's not playing for first base. He's also a young guy. I don't. I don't see the reason to take. Him I also think the fact that we're having this conversation means that there's a severe problem with, you know, Vladimir Guerrero as a, uh, as a, oh, I'm, a leader and player on this team. Honestly, I'm not saying you need, it needs to be done. But if all of a sudden there's a news break tomorrow saying Vladi was traded for X Y Z assets, as long as what you're getting back is something that I think genuinely makes this team more balanced and better in the long run i'd be like all right like i'm not one of those people that's going to hold on to him because it's vladimir guerrero jr and like i'm of the mindset right now that i'm thinking he's more of like the 30 home run guy not the 50 home run guy he's going to be 30 homers and bat 275 what would be nice if vladdy could bat a thousand and be perfect every single time he came to the plate. Unfortunately, that's not possible for him, but it is possible for me. Hmm. Because if you take a look at our NFL picks so far this year, I have gone nine for nine. That is right. Last week, I took the incredibly, I made the incredibly difficult decision to take the Cleveland Browns over the Arizona Cardinals, which, of course, uh, the Browns shut out the Cardinals (laughs) in an embarrassing effort. However, James picked the Saints over the Bears, which also paid. Maddie picked the Eagles over the Cowboys, which also paid, which means it is now the fourth time this season we have given you a perfect parlay on this show. Not saying we're perfect. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. But I mean, you've also picked all favorites for the start of the season and you're going into the back half of the season. Doesn't matter. I've actually also uh, bet against the Cardinals three weeks in a row. Actually, if you I, look at my, <laughs> you look at my picks, I've picked like only 
five teams to lose. Like, I mean, so let me try that again. I've picked the Cardinals to lose three times, and I've picked the Commanders to lose twice. So there's five situations where I've picked a loser, and they've been two of the same teams. Yeah. So, oh, you're running, you're running out of that runway real quick. I took I'm the just saying, Cardinals my, play uh, again this week. So, and my survivor too, in like the the relic survivor pool. And man, I was sweating. The Bears were up seven nothing, and then they were up fourteen seven. I was very very scared that the Bears were going to pull one over on the Saints. They did not. So, as you know, we're recording on a Monday night, so we do not know the result of the Chargers and Jets game. Although oh, I do. did see Aaron Rodgers walking into the building. Not walking. on a cart, baby. Not on a cart, not on not crutches. Not on a cart, no crutches, no boot. Just had a pair of running shoes on, flashing the, the peace sign to the camera, just chilling, you know? Dude. Just came back from darkness retreat. He's feeling, I, he's vibing. I need to try Ayahuasca. I really do. Although apparently you need to have somebody watching over you. <laughs> I think he can make that happen. We'll quickly run through some of the news and notes that we found interesting in this week's uh, slate of games. The Titans and Steelers. Steelers won that game. That was the Thursday night game. Uh, I got nothing. Well, Will Levis looked great again. Um, okay. Interception I mean, on the last drive, but I think... 262 think- yards in an t- interception. <laughs> no touchdown. I think he'll, uh, but he drove he drove the play quite well, and I think he'll be. I mean, I don't think Tannehill's coming back to the Titans, and I like the way that Will Levis is approaching the game. So I think he's going to be a gamer. It bothers me that the Steelers are five and three somehow. I feel like they are the worst five and three team. It ever always seen happens. You every year you think the Steelers <laughs> are not. We said this. Mike Tomlin finds a way. Yep, he does. Yeah, Tomlin is arguably one of the more consistent coaches in the NFL. Um, like it's you guaranteed playoff appearances with him. Then we had the Sunday morning game taking place in Germany. It was the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I thought this was going to be an awesome game to watch. It was not. I thought we were going to get just oodles and oodles of touchdowns and points out of Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. We got none of those things. No. Um, the most random Mostert got a touchdown, which is nice. Cedric Wilson. Dude. I don't understand this Miami team. Sometimes they're six and three now. Um, Chiefs are seven and two. Uh, we'll see how that goes going forward. But I Taylor have a lot less there. faith. And that's another thing. Like when T Swift showed up, I figured, oh, Kelsey's going to have a game because that's how it's gone every single time. However, the Chiefs still did win. So Kelsey's performance and aside, the Chiefs had won. I think they've won every time Taylor's been in the building. And you know who the biggest beneficiary of Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey's been Jason Brittany Kelsey? Mahomes. Oh, yeah, I know that that, coach woman's, that woman's status has increased tenfold. She was apparently she was spotted hanging out with Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner in Europe. Damn, I want to hang out with Sophie Turner. But you know what the funny thing is? The second they break up, she's like, "Hey Taylor, you want to go?" She's like, "Sorry, uh, I moved on." <laughs> <laughs> no, she yeah. won't, even, won't even get that. It'll just go straight to like this voicemail one. or something, you know. Oh, yep. Yeah, well, the thing is, is or it'll be sorry, you have the wrong number. <laughs> New number, who this? Yeah, yeah. Taylor wrote a song about it. Change my oh, number because you stalked the shit out of me. Vikings and Falcons. I don't think anyone in the world thought Dude. this was going to be a 31 28 game. 
No, Dude, that game Josh. should have been called. So many guys looked so bad. Shout out to Josh Dobbs, though. Yeah, man. Yeah, I saw a, another. I said earlier what my favorite tweet of this week was, but that might be a lie. My favorite was this guy um, <laughs> looking in the mirror and shaving his eyebrows off. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I support Josh Dobbs or whatever the fuck. Like, okay, that's that's good. You got the that's Charlie good. Villanueva look going yeah, on. Yeah, Dobbs is on like I don't know his fourth or fifth team since like week. 17 of last year so this guy's bouncing around the league a lot hopefully he finds some footing here in minnesota that'd be a really cool story if they can, can go on a run here and make it into the playoffs that'd be a lot of fun to watch i'm tempted to pick him up in fantasy because i had Kirk cousins as my philly week by quarterback right right now i have bryce young so i'm like eh, do i maybe take a flyer on dobbs because they're playing the saints but um and then Young is playing the Bears. Oh, no. I'm keeping Young. He's playing the Bears. He's going to put up like 40 <laughs> points. <laughs> Here. Um, uh, the Browns over the Cardinals. Oh, wait. 27 about Josh Dobbs. He didn't take a single rep. I, was, I read this. It was a tweet from Kevin Safer on ESPN. I don't know if I – Josh Dobbs didn't take a single rep with the offense in practice. No snaps no. from Garrett Bradbury. Never thrown passes to anyone. Didn't know most of their full names. That's for next week, he said. This fucking guy literally went out there and just played football. You know what? Though, that, numbers. That's pro- that probably would help them because if you don't know what you're doing, you think the defense can read what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> right? We have no clue what this fucking guy's doing. He's like, neither do I. Just hucking balls out there. Yeah, huck him, chuck him. It's football. like Will Ferrell on semi-pro where he's going to go rover. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to run around. I'm, gonna rover. I'm a rover. <laughs> Uh, Browns and Cardinals. Browns uh, destroy the Cardinals. Cardinals are now one and eight. I think we are safe in our prediction that the Cardinals will be the worst team in the NFL this year, and they are showing it. Zero uh, and five on the road. If the Cardinals get the first pick. They take a quarterback. I, I think well, you have to at this point. Well, <laughs> I think we'll know the answer to that question over the next couple of weeks. I think Kyler is ready to come back. I thought he was playing this week, so I, but I guess he's playing like last week. I think he's probably coming back next week. I don't know, man. Though, like, I know you invested a lot of money in him, but is he it? I don't think so. Here's here's the problem, though. Call of Duty just came out. <laughs> we'll see. So apparently, campaign's trash, though. Yeah, but who's playing the campaign? A lot of people play the campaign. They hammer through the campaign in like a day and a half, and then they just go to multiplayer. Rams and Packers. Uh, Packers won. Dude, the Rams stink uh, I, now, eh? The Rams? Cooper okay, Cup stinks well, now. Yes, but without Matt Stafford, I think that's the problem. So let's uh, temper our expectations of what this Rams team can do when you have Brett Rippon <laughs> like throwing stinks. the ball. Took him first round in my fantasy. Obviously I don't. I don't think. I don't think the problem is Cup or Nakua. They're going to have a really hard time throwing the ball without. Matt Stafford. I think that's the problem. And Green Bay is dog shit, but they actually gave the ball to Aaron Jones, which I was not expecting. So we had like 35 touches, didn't he? Yeah, 20 carries. Oh. But if you count his receiving as well, he had four receptions on six targets. So he had 26 opportunities in the game. Good. Which is probably five times as many opportunities he's had in the last week. So that's worth keeping an eye on in Green Bay. 
Commanders beat the Patriots. Patriots suck. Commanders are fine. Middle yeah, of the pack Bel- team. Belichick is. I he's got to be gone. What he just signed an extension, didn't he? He just signed an extension, didn't he? I don't know, but maybe he retires. Because what are you sticking around for? Hoping they get Caleb Williams or Drake Bell, or not Drake Bell. Um, what's his name? Penix. Drake May. No, Drake May. Penix beat Williams. Saints no, prevailed over the Bears, even though it looked kind of shaky at times. I know that was uh, James's pick this week, and it still worked out. But yeah, it made some people sweat there in the end. Ravens pumped the Seahawks, and the worst cool. part about that is that they did it without Lamar Jackson. And for fantasy purposes, I was very upset about that. Yo, how does Mark Andrews have like 120 yards and no touchdowns? There's a lot of things about this Baltimore offense that doesn't make sense. They're now seven and two. They're right at the top of the AFC. They are. And I don't understand. Quietest it. team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, you expect them to be good, but they're quietly making a case for being one of the best teams in the NFL. And I did not expect the Seahawks to get like because the Seahawks have been pretty competitive all year, and the the God, quarterback pressure on Geno Smith that entire game was wild. It reminds me of the game the Ravens played against the Lions, where going into that it was another situation of like two top teams in their division, and the Lions had been on a roll, and the Ravens just dummied them. It's like what the fuck just happened? Like, so I don't know, man. They step it's, up for big games, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what you want. Uh, Texans and Bucks. What the fuck happened here? CJ Stroud is it. CJ Stroud is it. Dude, he 470 so, yards and five touchdowns. What the fuck? so fucking good. I told you. I shouted this man out five, six weeks ago or something. This kid is the kid. He's, a, he's, he's practically embedded himself as like Texans football. Like he is Texans football now. And... If you look at some of those passes, dude, I'm talking like strikes, like pinpoint accuracy, and not not just meaningless throws, like to win the game. Stroud had more touchdowns than Mahomes, Allen, and Lamar combined. You could probably even throw in a couple more quarterbacks. Like that's ridic- how ridiculous it is. And he has three solid options to throw to. Nico Collins... Dalton Schultz and Tank Dell. And oh, yeah. minor shout out. Uh, I mean, I'll save it. I'll save it for my shout out. Oh, I think we might have the same shout out. I might have to I can pivot to a different shout out if you're doing if you're doing what you're doing. No, we can share it. But anyways. Uh Colts and Panthers. Panthers are proving that um the Cardinals may not be the worst team in the NFL. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Uh Raiders actually won a game. I shouldn't be so surprised because the Raiders, they're four and five. They're actually not that horrible. They're three and one at home as well. So that's something to keep an eye on too. When the Raiders at home, they seem to perform a lot better. Now they were playing the Giants and the Giants are poo-poo. And well, yeah, they also just fired their coach in Vegas. They did. And maybe that's one of those bounce back situations, right? Where well, <laughs> you're the problem. Like, <laughs> it sounds like they hated him. Yeah, um, it sure did. You know what I mean? I, it sounds like they're very they're very much a fan of AP uh, taking over the coaching duties. I don't know if you saw Crosby's uh, Instagram video or whatever. They're they were celebrating smoking cigars. Yeah. In the uh, in the Vegas. Oh, they, they're partying like they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, 
And I'll let me let me tell you this: the best locker room in the NFL belongs to the Las Vegas Raiders. In oh, that yeah. video, if you look around, that place looks like a strip club. Well, because they probably have peelers coming in there. It looks fantastic. That's where I no, want to hang out. Honestly, though, I think I don't know if you're alluding to maybe McDaniel's going into New York or something like that. I just the Giants, though. I think for them, they will stay. Just they need that kind of. They've gone through so many coaches and so many changes. They need something that's a foundation that is pretty consistent. And let's be honest, I don't know if this is all on him because he doesn't have a lot of guys to execute either. Who? Dable in New York. Oh, I'm talking about the the Raiders lost their coach. No, I know, but I thought you were alluding to maybe the Giants firing Dable. Oh no. I don't I don't know. There's there's you're right. There's nothing to work with in New York. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. They have nothing. Like when Saquon goes down or is is half hurt, they have no one to throw to, no one to run the ball, no one to throw the ball. They're the only the only player that has any sort of impact on the New York Giants roster right now is Thibodeau. Yeah. <clears throat> Cowboys and Eagles. Uh I don't think the Eagles can be stopped. No. Eight and one now, four and well, zero at home. Well, okay, sure. Jets, but if you're the New York Jets, that's an anomaly. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think you can admit that was an anomaly. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Well, I think in this situation, we probably should ask how and how that ended up happening. Good defense. Mm. Good defense. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, the Jets defense is real. <laughs> And they're going to be, um, I was going to say well-rested, but I guess not because they're on a Monday night game. <laughs> I was thinking they were on a bye, but no, they haven't played yet. That's why I'm uh, thinking they're on a bye. On, and honestly, then, I'm willing to say the Jets' defense is top three in the NFL. Like it's top one in the NFL. You think it's the best defense in the NFL? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's a lot coming from you. I mean, it's begrudgingly me saying this. <laughs> and then the Bills and Bengals. Bengals got the victory on the Sunday nighter. Uh, Joe Burrow is rolling, and oh, I yeah. hate to see it. I really Josh do Allen hate is it. not. Yeah, oh, there's fraud. There are that... three things in life that are like you can depend, like death, taxes, and Josh Allen. Josh Allen true. picks. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that dude's decision making as a QB. Sorry, but I was just gonna say that dude's decision making as a QB is atrocious. Being exposed like, this year more than any other year. Yep. Well, they're game planning for the Bills more. The standings right now, again, we're recording before the Jets game has started. The Jets win? The standings right now is Dolphins are, in terms of the AFC East, the Dolphins in first, then the Jets, then the Bills. If the Jets win tonight, they would be handily ahead of the Bills. And by handily, I mean like a half game. But... Hey, man. Like, that's pretty good. Halfway through, tied for top of your division or, like, number two in your division with, you know, who you thought was going to be the favorite kind of clearly in the rear view where they have a tough schedule. That's pretty good to be. And they're playing Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving. It's Bill's Jets. Oh, brother. All right. Well, that means we now need to look ahead to week 10. I can't believe we're double digits already. For the NFL Week Ten 
and I don't know who goes first this week. Can we first Honestly, talk about how the NFL must be losing their minds? I mean, I would have to assume, I guess, they care. Yes. Um, Matthew Nyes, top yeah. line, gets out their scores. Nice play by Marner Matthews. Sorry. There's a nice goal. He knocked the, he knocked the sauce down, it's, batted it down, kicked it up, and then backhanded it into the net. It's a nice goal. Dustin, watch this. Yeah, mine must be on a super heavy delay. It, oh, yeah. Uh, there's the, yep, there it is. Yep, that's, that's pretty nice. Okay. I'll give you that. Oh, that drag by Matthews at the blue line too. Yeah. For listeners, this will be irrelevant tomorrow. <laughs> um, nice goal. I was gonna say, Sorry, can we go talk ahead. about how brutal the Thursday night game is this week? Thursday night games are always trash, though. For no, some reason, you'll have the most brutal. Okay, Bears Panthers. <laughs> I Bryce Young is gonna put up thirty six points for me. I believe yeah. in Bryce. He knows I need this. Five hundred yards. Yep, he knows I need this. I'm going to probably have to begrudgingly start Foreman at running back, and I hope he rushes for 400 yards. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I've been I've been carried by, like, shrewd picks like Nico Collins. I picked him up, like, week three really well. And then Mixon decided to finally wake up and play football again really well. Oh, my God, Tampa, fuck off. The Leafs have this problem of scoring a goal. Oh, I fucking hate this team. Sorry. But yeah, week 10, Who let's go. Who wants to go first for their week 10 pick? Jim, go first. I am going to take the... Who I who have I taken so far? Sorry. You have taken the Which Minnesota Vikings. You have taken the Chargers. You have taken the Jags. And yet there's the update, the Tampa Discord. Um, you have taken the Chiefs. You've taken the Jets. You've taken the Rams. You've taken the Browns, the Texans, the Saints. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks over the Washington Commanders. All right. Seattle over Washington. I am not typing in the right cell. Seattle over oh, Washington. Oh, I should have taken the Cowboys over the Giants, but I'll take Because I'm taking the Cowboys over the Giants. <laughs> and I can say that confidently because Maddie's already taken the Cowboys in week four. Do I take a page out of Dustin's book and take the Falcons over the Cardinals? Hey, man. Uh, the Cowboys are t- the reason why we're uh, both joking about this. They're playing the Giants, and they are currently favored 16 and a half points. Ooh, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's only going to get more. Yeah. That's early to be 16 Seahawks and a half. Seahawks are favored by six as well, and they're at home. What are the Falcons favored? Like five and a half, probably. Uh, the Falcons are favored by, they are not favored. The Cardinals are favored by one and a half. Okay, I'm staying away from that game. Sheesh. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's some value there. I'm going to put money on it right now. But the Falcons <laughs> are going to win that game. Hmm. You know, you know what? Maybe not. Because, <laughs> fuck. What if Kyler comes yeah, back and, and they're at home yeah. and they're going to win some games this year and Atlanta's not great. So, yeah. Shit. There's, this is like a shit week to be me to pick. I've taken the Bills, right? You have taken the Bills over the Giants in week six. Uh, have I taken you the Bengals? Could, I was going to say, you could take the Bengals over the Texans. That's yeah, I'll take the Bengals over the Texans. I like CJ Stroud, but I think Joe Burrow's rolling now. Like, I think he's vibing. Bengals over the Texans. That's a seven-point favorite for the Bengals at home. If you were to parlay all of those games, uh, you threw five bucks four on bucks. it, you'd earn, you'd earn four bucks. <laughs> nice. So, again, remember, this is where you come to get... 
uh, sound betting advice that's going to make you a shit ton of money. And that's obviously a joke. Uh, this is not real betting advice. Do not take our advice as real betting advice. Uh, if you have a problem, please seek help. Speaking of football, Michael Parsons announced that he's joining the Olympic flag football team and he's going to be recruiting players. Could you imagine if you're one of those guys who's really excited, like, yay, flag football is not an Olympic sport. I can go to the Olympics. All these NFL players like Tyreek are like, we're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Imagine playing flag football against Tyreek Hill. Okay, like, you're so fucked. how many people yeah. – I saw this on NFL Countdown. They picked their flag football teams. And I think you get – I think how many – there's like five players, right? On the field at once. Am I right? Am I right with that? Oh, I have no idea. I have, I have not kept up with how flag football is going to work in the Olympics. I got to look up uh, how, to, how many players are on a flag football team. One of the first questions families ask, how many players are on the flag football team? Teams compete five on five, but you find various leagues out there do six on six, seven on seven, nine on nine, depending. NFL flag football rules allow up to 10 players total per team. So you're allowed 10 guys, but five on on at once. Okay. Yeah. So give me your five players that you think should make the the flag football team for the U.S. So like, I, would, who, I would have to look up who's American. I imagine they're all American, honestly. No, they're, so they're like, they're, yeah, they're, they're all American, except for, Pick you might guy. have like a Canadian too. Okay, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, your running back is probably... Okay, I so know here's you, the thing. Here's ignore the, the relationship between the two. No, no, I'm not even thinking of relationship. I wonder, because it's flag football, how important is it going to be to be a pocket passer or... Is it going to Scramble. be a mobile quarterback? You know, like, you, do I want Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, or are we taking a pocket guy and we want someone like I am? I, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is an entirely prototypical pocket guy, but you get my point, right? Like, I wonder if that would be really valuable to have a guy like Jalen Hurts. You know what? But like, you're not allowed to like touch or tackle the quarterback. Like, you have to give the steamboats rule, so they get a little bit of time. So you want someone? I I think. Mahomes would probably be your best bet, mostly because he can make those really odd, weird plays in those odd situations that flag football presents a lot. So I would say Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, um, your running back would probably be, honestly, maybe Swift. Small and he's quick. And then another one. Okay, if, if everyone is healthy... I might be looking at uh, DK. Mon- maybe I might be looking at uh, Montgomery for running back. Yeah, yeah but you or can't even power, like, you can't power through people. You have to be. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, can you? I, I don't know. That's and D- DK just for size and speed for a guy that big and that fast. You know who I want on the team? I want Chad Ochocinco on the team. Just <laughs> he could probably ball. yo. He could probably still ball. I'm not gonna he lie. Was, he would burn people. That guy's still in great shape. He's yeah. arguably the greatest footwork and receiver in NFL history. And then five defensive. How cool players. would it? That's what it, you know. What this is what it should be. Fuck current NFL players. It should be all-time Pro Bowl players. So I want, I want to have Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. Do you know who Tom would Brady. murder? Do you know who would murder at flag football? Calvin Johnson. Oh, oh yeah. Get Barry Sanders out there too. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> LT, Ladanian Tomlinson, just OJ Simpson, What's he would o- kill. I was just, just going <laughs> to All hey. right, that's where we're going to leave that one. I think. Well, that- no, hold on. Who's, who would Jim's five be? Yeah, I think Mahomes, Hill. I think you put Kelsey there for the for the uh, chemistry. Um, in terms of like a running back, 
you know, you're right. You're looking for someone who can who can be swift on his feet. To be honest, like Brees Hall yeah. might be a good option because um, he's very shifty. And then for the other wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown maybe. Ooh, I like that. Might yeah. be good. And then from the defensive side, I mean, Micah Parsons, Sauce. Um, you That's don't so need, unfair. Like, you need like corners and, and set. Uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, Patrick Cooper Cup could be on the, the forward list or the offense list. Uh, Patrick Sertain I would put on defense. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Though, not really. NFL or the U.S. Yeah. is going to win. You know what I found? You know what I found out today that I didn't know though about the Olympics. Fucking break dancing is an Olympic sport now. Oh yeah, there's all sorts of stupid you. sports in the in uh, why the Olympics. I don't know. It's the Olympics. Who cares? <laughs> it's not. It's the Olympic Games. It's not even sports. Is it? I, I guess. But break dancing is not a game either. They have ice dancing. What's the difference? At least it's competitive. Why do you judge breakdancing? How do you judge ice dancing? With stuff. Yeah, exactly. Anything that has a judge, it's it's fucked. I guess so. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. I bet you the Greeks would also think ice dancing is weird to them. The ancient Greeks. They'd be like, why are you on the ice and dancing? Well, it's the winter, so they're probably like, we don't care. Anyway. <laughs> They'd probably be like, why are you having the Olympics during the winter? Yep. <laughs> like, uh, someone can you imagine might, what I think wait, can you imagine what they would think of skeleton? <laughs> why are you asking for death? <laughs> yeah. Why are you going face down <laughs> on this ice track? Yeah, I guess if skeleton can be a sport, then so can breakdancing. Anyway. I just want to throw in Justin Jefferson's name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Digs. Digs. Ah, you know, I don't know if I go digs. That's it'll, be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see for sure. But no, I want Randy Moss and I want um, Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco, Tom at Tom Brady. Yeah. Yep. Tom Brady and maybe Barry Could Sanders. Um, Peyton Manning, maybe. Just so you can hear yeah. Omaha. And he does the Manning cast at the same time. Yeah, on the bench. <laughs> <When he's... laughs> That'd be good. Oh, no, 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 no. It's got to be Johnny Manziel. That's what it's got to be. Oh. For the celebrations alone. That's all we need. Just the... We could put together the most degenerate team Boy. in the history of the NFL to okay. throw them in the Olympics, and they'd win. they get the gold medal. Oh, 100%. It was like Johnny Manziel, Antonio Brown... Lawrence oh. Taylor. Oh. Antonio Brown. He'd wear snakeskin. He'd wear snakeskin yeah. for sure. Uh, OJ Simpson. Keyshawn Johnson now. <laughs> <laughs> Six, 600 pounds. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Terry Bradshaw. All right. That being said, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Shout, shout. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment 
where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run in the World Wrestling Federation from 2001 to 2001. Um, James, you want to go first? Because I'm going to have to pivot based on what your answer might be. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look up <laughs> the guy's name. Okay, so I think the person you're talking about, because during the Texans game, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn got hurt, who is, of course, the kicker of the Houston Texans. And then to replace him was cornerback Dere Ogunbowale. Is that who you're talking about? Yes, he's a running back. Uh, I thought it was a cornerback, but yeah, sure, but running back. Let's say he's running, running back. back yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Not a kicker. <laughs> Not a kicker is the point. Yes, <laughs> but this man kicks like a kicker. Apparently, this man can do anything. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he didn't. No, it was pretty a, ugly, actually. He had a perfect fucking field goal. Yeah, I mean, he kicked a field goal. I don't know if I call it a perfect field goal, but it was he, straight he got down it. the middle. It was doing the thing. Yeah, that footballs do. Yeah, yeah. Was... And he had two touchbacks. And I'm with you. I was gonna be my shout out as well. Um, incredible um, to, for a guy to come in out of nowhere and step in when his team needs him. Yeah, and he's all smiles. The guy was loving it. Yeah. So shout out to that guy for having a moment, man. For and and for dude, that is a team player. This guy has no fucking yes. clue. Probably how to kick a ball. And he goes out there and he does what has to be done. You know what? The Toronto Maple Leafs need Dare, whatever his name is. I don't want to <laughs> butcher it. Picture. Yeah. First name Dare and last Dare. name is Ogumbawale. Ogumbawale. Apparently his sister is top five WNBA player too. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, like three-time All-Star shit. So they have come from a very athletic family. But if the Leafs got this guy, they'd be 10 times tougher. Guaranteed. Because that's the kind of like, dude, that's the toughness. Doing what you need to do when the team needs you to do it. And this guy fucking stepped up and did it. Tied the game with a field goal. So I don't want to. Okay, so here's the thing. I have another pivot to go to. And one's more of a statement rather than the actual shout out. I'm going to loop back to the shout out after that. So as may, some of you may have heard, if you're in some of the same circles that we're in, that uh, professional wrestling, Ontario professional, <laughs> Ontario independent professional wrestler, Rob Rage, passed away this week. Um, and it was supposedly like right after his match. Like he had a match on, I think it was Saturday night. And then in the locker room, like had a cardiac arrest and tried to be resuscitated by the locker room. And I, as, I, as the story goes, I believe he passed away on the way to the hospital in the ambulance. Um. I'm not going to come out here and say I was um, friends with Rob. Like, I, I mean, I had been on a few shows with him. Like, I don't know him that well personally. Um, he trained at Squared Circle where I did my referee training. So, like, there was overlap there. When I started in wrestling, I did a lot of the Squared Circle shows. And Rob was on a lot of those when he teamed with John Atlas. Um, <laughs> there's, like, this picture of me uh, in a ring. And there's, like, blood dripping down my head. And I remember distinctly RJ getting in the ring and looking at me. He's like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, I didn't even know I was bleeding. And I was bleeding because Rage put a stupid mask on me and, like, like pulled it and snapped it. So I, like, bounced back or whatever. And I like, didn't even realize that it cut me. And I was bleeding the entire time. And hilarious now to think about. But at the time, I was pretty upset about it. But anyways, Rob was just a, a big goof that everyone seemed to enjoy having around. Um. It is unfortunate what happened. And what I do want to say is 
in all my years in wrestling, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I have seen a paramedic present at a wrestling show. That's that needs to change. At the very that, least, a defibrillator. Right. So, and I've already reached out to a number of promoters saying, hey, here's a link. Here's how you book a paramedic. We need to have this at every show. Um, will any of them do it? I don't know. Some said they would. Some said they'd look into it. Some said no. Um, it, it, I mean, fuck, whatever, man. But Cost too much, brother. Can't afford right. it. It's not in the budget. And imagine telling the family of someone like, hey, um, this happened because I, I, I want to pocket the extra 300 bucks. Or whatever. You know, I don't even know what the cost is. I'm just throwing that number out there. But um, I don't want to see it happen again. Ideally, that would be great. And again, like I wasn't there. So I don't know if a paramedic would have made a difference. But I think they probably would have. And I think I'd rather err on the side of caution and try to prevent these things than to say, oh, no, it costs too much. But hey, what do I know? Um, the actual shout out I want to said I want to at least end on a bit of a high note here. My shout out is going to go to Byron Saxton. So if you guys, uh, James, you might have seen it. Crown Jewel was this past weekend, the WWE's annual, or I guess semi-annual at this point, uh, or I don't know if semi-annual is right word either. Uh, it doesn't matter. The WWE went to Saudi Arabia like they do <laughs> quite often, and um, it's always a mix up of talent on those shows. And Byron Saxon got the ring announcing gig on that show, which isn't unusual because if you go to any of the live events, like the non-televised shows, uh, Byron is the guy who does the ring announcing on those events. So it's not like he threw him out there. But considering he doesn't do it in front of the camera often, and considering Byron, I don't think was ever a guy who wanted to be a broadcaster. He was just some guy from, you know, OG NXT that they made into a commentator that they made into a backstage reporter and now the ring announcer. I don't know how this is going to continue. This is a one-off thing or whatever, but Byron's really fucking good. Like, and it's not easy to do all the things that he's done and to do it at the level he's doing it. And listen, is he the best play-by-play guy? He wasn't a play-by-play guy. Actually, I think he is doing it play-by-play on like one of their other like level up shows or whatever. The point is, is he the best commentator? No, but he does his job very well. Whatever they ask him to do, he's doing it well. So shout out to Byron Saxton. Maddie, sorry for taking so much time. Go on. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my shout out goes to Hajime Isayama, the creator of Attack on Titan. It finally ended. It was an absolute masterpiece how it finished. It was, he ended it in a way that he always envisioned it would. Um, and it's arguably one of the biggest anime and cartoon to ever air. So. You know, people waited a long time for this. They criticized the studio for constant delays. They had the final season, then the final season, part two, then the final season, the final chapter, part one, then the final season, the final chapter, part two. And it just kept getting delayed and delayed and pushed. And uh, it just ended up being everything that, you know, you kind of wished and hoped it would be. So my shout outs to him. And he sent out a long letter and thanked the fans and everything like that. So people keep telling me to watch this. It's very good. It's nerve wracking as Tampa goes up three to one. Fuck. But it's um, it, it gets unsettling at times, but it's very, very, very good. They don't hate to lose. <laughs> I mean, it was a power play goal. You can't really 
and it was Kucherov. I don't know. I just think I think there's bigger issues. I think Samsonov and their goaltending might be a bigger problem than people are giving credit to. So anyway, Joseph Wall is the starter of this team. And I know Maddie doesn't want to uh, anoint him this early in the season, but I will. We would like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of 43.6. This was like 82nd episode or something like that. We are 81st episode. We are quickly approaching 100 episodes. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, we're right there, man. Just like the length of essentially one more NFL season is never going to get uh, mad at each other in 18 more weeks and everything will be canceled. <laughs> episode ep- episode 99, it'll be a big like argument on thing and then never fucking doing it. And then all of a sudden we'll just make a big comeback and say episode 100 was six months later. Like an indie wrestling promotion. We're shutting her down. And then five years later, we're back. <laughs> well, we will be back next week. And we hope you are too. This episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. And until next week, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.